welcome to the Bored and Bitchy Podcast, a place where we love to talk about all the mess that is 90 Day Fiancé. I'm Evie, and I'm an L.A. girl who's currently living in London. Hi, everyone. I'm Kat, an L.A. slash California girl currently living in Arizona. And my warning for you is that we drop profanity from time to time, but it's guaranteed. You've been warned. And also, this just seems to be what we're doing now. Um, Not really, but we're not on our A-game. Just for this week. Just for this week again. (laughs) And last week, or the week before, we are covering two episodes in one. But that's not going to be our traditional path. We've just both been really busy. Yeah, we're really sorry. And I truly mean we are really sorry. No, this has been, we did a big old drop instead of doing our weekly post. So we truly apologize. Um, But we will be better. We promise. Um, We are excited to have some pieces of news before we go into the last two episodes, which were pretty entertaining. The first piece of news is, as many of you might have seen, TLC announced the lineup for the latest upcoming season of Happily Ever After. Kat, have you seen who these couples are that will be featured on this new season? I didn't even know whether they had rolled that out, but luckily I'm friends with you, so you can catch me up. Perfect. So you can look forward to seeing Liz and Ed, or I guess our, our debut of Liz on Happily Ever After. Okay, so happily, happily is loosely defined. Go ahead. Happily is always loosely defined. <laughs> no, the, the literal actual title of the show is 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After, question mark. You're right. So it's, it's always in question. Applicable. Uh, Go ahead. The other next couple is um, Elizabeth and Andre. And we, I'm sure that means that Chuck and the brother and the whole clan will be there. The what is it? The Florida Kardashians want to be Kardashians or whatever. So we're getting Libby and Andre back. We're also going to have Jovi and Yara and their daughter, Myla. I think their storyline is going to be compelling because this is all happening or being recorded with the war breaking out in the Ukraine. We know that Yara's mm-hmm. in the Ukraine. So that's going to be a pretty heavy and intense, I think, season for them. We are also going to see the return of Jenny and Sumit. And now they're <laughs> finally a married couple. Oh, my God. They graduated, <laughs> finally, after many years from the other way to they are happily ever after question mark. What more can you ask for? I was going to make an ages comment about their storyline growing, <laughs> aging, like with Jenny. But whatever. It's been said. Go on. Speaking of aging, the description, because each... Uh, uh, there's like a people article and they have a little description for each of the couples, like what we can expect to see in their storyline. And for Jenny and Sumit, it says the duo comes to face to face with the realization that their 30 year age difference may be causing more tension than they initially believed. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> they finally realized that it might be a slight situation. Or the maybe it's emphasize, emphasize the more part, like they're finally realizing that it's more tension I'm like how much more <laughs> tension I mean these are supposed to be Jenny's twilight years and they're looking pretty grim I'm saying and I don't know how they were never able to or they're just coming to grips with the age difference because Sumit's parents beat that information over <laughs> his head like they never let Jenny forget her age poor woman <sighs> I know poor woman we are also going to see the debut not not on the franchise, obviously, but debut on this spinoff, spin-off. of Kim and Usman. 
the little juicy uh-huh. bit of this relationship, though they are not married, so maybe they shouldn't actually have graduated yeah. after. Yeah, they're not married. But the interesting part will be that apparently Usman is, think- is thinking of finding himself a second wife with or without Kim's approval. So a little happily ever after seeking sister's wife mix. Very should be very interesting. And finally, you know, we can't have, it's been too long. It's been too long. They've been depriving us way too many months from Miss Deem herself, oh. uh, Ma, Angela and Michael will be returning. Michael is still struggling with visa issues. I don't know. He needs oh, to talk my. to some of these lawyers because everybody else has made it over here except Michael. I thought he had already gotten his visa. That's the rumor. So maybe that'll be like the little twist on the season Mm. because people, the rumors are that he was spotted recording in America. So it might, you know, that might be the twist. (laughs) Or he stowed away on a cargo ship. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. We never know what's going on with Michael. And that's that Angela tracks his every move and he's, you know, (laughs) being monitored by generators and whatnot. But it says that uh, Angela feels that he's not paying enough attention to her. And so she's considering getting another male friend. Yeah, apparently also they're dealing with the fact that Michael has blocked Angela on all his social media accounts. So (laughs) just relatable problems. This is not a Hallmark recipe for a romance novel. Like I just but okay. Maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I could have done without the another Libyan Andre storyline. Um, and I think maybe, well, this might also be an unpopular opinion because I think people are also growing tired of them. But I'm actually looking forward to uh, Mima and Michael. Yeah, I think the community is very divided on uh, Mima. And I think it's because you know, the the bad in us. The, not, the, the part of us that we are not proud of, and I include mm-hmm. myself in this, we're here for the drama. So grandma, Mima brings that, and therefore I'm excited to see Angela. The human part of us, the real part of us, feels for Michael and the fact that he's been oh, trapped yeah. in this abusive relationship for so long. So I do think it's like this like battle of like we don't want to give angela platform to continue to like just tear michael down but then at the same time you're like well we need drama like, who else is going to be going off on everybody and flashing the camera at the tell-all you know oh my god i forgot she did that like that made absolutely <laughs> no sense but poor michael oh. honestly probably gets goosebumps every time he walks by a window display of a cake shop he's just like oh my god <laughs> Michael, there's just so many things that man has been deprived of and just been uh, subjected to. Um, I think it's a probably a good thing that he blocked Angela on most social media accounts. Hopefully he also blocked any notifications um, that include any Angela activity because this last week, um, Angela was like all over the blogs again because a video of her went viral of her on a flight uh, getting into some kind of argument with a flight attendant. Mm-mm. The video is literally only like 10 seconds long and it just cuts into the action. So we have no idea what sparked it, how it ended. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to see any follow-up. I don't think Angela has really talked about it. Not that I've seen, but it looks like the what you see is Angela standing up in the aisle. She's going off on the flight attendant and just saying like, you ain't nobody, you're not law enforcement. You can't do nothing to me. Like, 
And then the woman like turns or the flight attendant turns around and then she's like, yeah, go get whoever you're going to get because you're the one that started this shit. And like, she's clearly very upset. So people are like, here we go. Angela thinking she's like Meryl Streep or someone, some A-list celebrity. <laughs> not Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Meryl Streep because Meryl's like, don't put me. I have never <laughs> been duped. Oh my God. So how about this? You know, Meryl Streep was uh, the devil words Prada. Well, Mima with her flashing is like the Mima wears nada. <laughs> Take some tits. Oh, yeah, the oh, Mima boy. does not wear a supportive bra. We know that no. for sure. Um, but yeah, hopefully Angela has calmed her temper. She won't be subjecting more people. This is what I'm saying. It's like we, we are giving her a platform, but then she uses it to verbally abuse other people. It's not right, but... What can we God, do? don't get me into my own <laughs> ethics situation in my head, man. I know. Well, the only other piece of news that I was going to report, oh, yes, is that uh, for anyone that was wondering what Pedro's, some of Pedro's plans were after his divorce from Chantel goes through, he will be busy. He has announced that he will be starting a podcast. So... Mm-hmm. No details on exactly what he will be talking about, but just know that he will be starting a podcast. And I will not be making fun of the fact that he'll be starting a podcast because, as we know, anybody can have a podcast because we have one. So go for it, Pedro. Looking forward to your thoughts. They'll just give anyone a microphone these days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're proof of that. (laughs) Yeah, that's insane. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for that rundown of news. I feel like that was a good mix of of a blast from the past and what's to come because these characters refuse to let their 15 minutes die and like let them let them enjoy it they're getting paid for it i don't know how much but we're getting some entertainment out of it absolutely go ahead and speaking of entertainment let's get into the episodes for um i was gonna say for from last week and this past week and we'll start with emily and kobe or should i say emily kobe and temperature (laughs) yes temperature <laughs> rising the heat like it just he really lived up to his name because i was like oh oh did someone did someone just live leave the oven on things are getting I'm hot in here. puts his friends in um boiling water all the time yeah so we start off by having met temperature last episode and i think he called kobe big kobe so i'm like all right boys night boys night for temperature and big kobe And so temperature just to set the scene because these details are important. He is from Cameroon um, and he's been in the U.S. for a year and a half and having experienced the cultural dichotomy when it comes to gender norms for Cameroon and for the U.S. or actually they're generalizing it for Africa, for the continent of Africa and the country of U.S., Um, what he's observed is not to his liking. He does not feel that men have their place in the U.S. Um, He doesn't even see it as 50-50. He says that, like, in the U.S., women run that shit, and he is ready to let Kobe and Emily and Emily's family know that that will be (laughs) no more in their household. I'm surprised he didn't pull innocent bystanders into the situation. Like, I know we haven't met, but I just want you to know that men are the head of the household, okay? (laughs) And we will be moving to Ohio, (laughs) Oh, my God. He should have just brought Emily like a gift of curtains per Ash's workshop and go decorate that that window display over there, that curtain area. Go furnish those boxes in your mind and start. Let 
let Kobe do the real thinking in this relationship. I know I was really irritated. Well, not irritated. I was excited to have someone who's actually here for Kobe, someone that he can talk to openly, that he can just be himself with. So that I, I was happy for that. I loved temperature and just what he injected into the show. At first, when he started speaking, I was like, yes, someone advocating for Kobe's side. Emily is trying to run the show. His mm. voice is not being heard, and it's completely unfair. So I was like, yes, tell Kobe that he needs to step up and, you know, let them know that this relationship is unbalanced and let call Emily and let the family know that this will not stand. But then he just like kept rolling and kept going. And I was like, okay, temp- temperature, temperature. Can we, can we like rain it? Simmer down now. Literally simmer down. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, did, it wasn't like, you know, a relationship is a partnership and each person 50, 50, like he was like, no, no, no. Emily will not be running the show because my man Kobe will. He wears the pants now. He decides everything. Emily can shut up. And I was like, oh no. Okay. Well, I guess it's either one extreme or the other in this situation i had to i had to stop and wonder if temperature's contract with tlc for 90 day was like he gets paid per word because he just kept going (laughs) on and on and on and on um and with the first episode when we're being you know being um or sorry when he's revealing his whole thought process around this he's basically telling kobe like you're the man you need to take control and i'm like hold up now pump the brakes temperature (laughs) because Kobe has no job, no money. He's a ba- he's got a baby on the way. He's living with his in-laws, but he's going to call the shots, like make it make sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, these people are very much equal because they're both unemployed. And by these True. people, I mean Emily and Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both <laughs> unemployed. They're both living off her dad. They both have a baby on the way that they're not ready for. So it literally should be an equal partnership. So, yeah, it was unfortunate that instead of temperature coming in and hyping up Kobe to be like, talk to her and let her know it needs to be equal. It was just like the complete opposite, which, of course, we know is not going to go well because we even even we don't agree with that. Like, no, nah, Kobe's not. Mm. It's not going to be one person in the relationship running the show. And I mean, OK, so you and I are American born. Like, I know we're first generation. And so, like, our parents have maybe a slightly different cultural norm around gender norms. But you and I probably reacted the same way. Like, I think it was one thing for temperature to have said, you're the man you need to be in control. But it was another when he is like talking at them in front of the family and basically says, like, Emily belongs to him, to to Kobe. And I was like, okay, well, I have no more love for temperature at this point. Well, then also when he's like getting a simple tour of the house and he's like, okay, all right, this will do before Kobe moves the family over to Ohio. You know, that's what the decision that we've made, even though I haven't really heard Kobe fully vocalize his interest. He's just like, okay, that sounds interesting. So, yeah, a lot of things that he was putting out there that really do not fully concern him. I will say, though, I will call bullshit on this week's episode where the sister and Emily were having a conversation about temperature. And like, wow, he came in hot. And people being like, can you believe that saying that, like, Kobe's going to run the show or whatever? Again, I do not agree with temperature's point of view. But let's not forget that Emily's family is the same family that was like, well, you know, Emily runs the family. It's mm. what she says goes. And she's the one that makes all the decisions, like laughing about it and thinking it's cute. 
But then when someone says that Kobe's going to be doing the same thing, then it's like threatening. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is really disturbing. I hope this isn't going to be a thing. So again, the hypocrisy was totally there. Emily didn't catch it. And I just really hope she can like use this and look and be like, okay, clearly he feels that the relationship is not balanced. But Mm -hmm. I thought that was that was really irritating. I mean, that's a really good point. And I don't even think I saw the clip of them talking. So I appreciate you bringing that up because how could I forget that Emily runs the show? We're reminded every single episode, not just through her actions, but through the affirmative words of her family. Um, A couple more things. So with this whole like temperature coming in to tell Emily how her relationship is going to be, I'm like, temperature, this is not your place. Why isn't Kobe the one telling Emily this? Like, if he really feels this way, why hasn't he sat down with Emily? Which then leads me to the second thought, which is this is laughable. He wants to be the head of the household and the dominant one, but he's like too scared to tell her how he feels. Well, I think that like, I actually appreciated this part of Kobe where I feel like I don't think he agrees with temperature. I don't think he feels like I'm the dominant one. I'm going to be wearing the pants. I saw him (laughs) head nodding, but go ahead. Well, he also head nods when Emily talks. So clearly everybody's running Kobe right now. (laughs) I don't think he feels like he needs to be the head dude in charge. I mean, if it happened, I don't think he'd be opposed to it. If Emily was like, you are the man, you make all the decisions. I will not question anything you say. I don't know if he'd be opposed to that. But I got more of the sense that like he was agreeing with a temperature that like yes Emily should not be thinking that she runs the show and running the show but I feel like if he if temperature wasn't around and Emily actually gave him the space to be honest without judgment he would probably get to a more like egalitarian space of like I just want to be heard more I want my voice to be more you know respected and I want it to be more equal because that's basically what he's been saying all along and she's just been mocking him. That's true. And maybe that's why he didn't feel comfortable enough telling her that he has royal lineage, apparently. <laughs> just like, I can't even speak around you. Um, but when she questioned it, he's like confirmed that, no, he does not have a castle, nor does he have access to royal riches. So we're back at square one, living in the basement. Living in the basement, for sure. But who knows? He's making doing searches for one bedroom apartments in Ohio. <laughs> Is he? Or did he just click on a link? <laughs> Or, I mean, this to me was like such a like clearly Emily and super producer Noah Ryan came up with this because I'm like, when you plug in, so you plugged in the iPad and it just unlocked itself and just happened to be on like the history or just happened to be on the, it just seems so convicted to me. But let's say it's real. Mm-hmm. Why would it be so upsetting mm-hmm. to like, she, why, one, why are you assuming that one bedroom means that he's leaving <laughs> he's without you? Yeah. <laughs> I just think the man knows that he's jobless. Broke. So are you? Yes. <laughs> and also, yeah. Like, okay. Stay within his, uh, I mean, this isn't even within his means, but trying to rein it in the budget. And I was going to get your, your thoughts on like her reaction to, to two things. This being one of them. So I think you and I are in agreement. She overreacted. Him looking at one bedrooms does not mean he wants to run off. Nor do I think that even if he was looking at like a two bedroom apartment, would it be cause for concern? Maybe he's just curious. He's new to the U.S. He's learning that the dollar value is much higher here than it was for him in Cameroon. And so maybe he's just curious to see what the cost of living is in Ohio versus Salina. And would it be the end of the world if the person that has just left his whole life, his family, his friends, his job, everything he knows to be in like the middle of nowhere town where there's not that many people that look like him, people that he can 
relate to might want to Don't be, forget that one guy in the restaurant. <laughs> there's, there's a black man sitting over there like, oh, if you squint, you'll be able to see. He's in the corner. Um, Yeah, would it be such a horrible thing for him to be like, actually, I don't feel super comfortable here. I would feel better to be somewhere where I'm closer to like a community since you're already in the country you grew up in, closer to the people you grew mm-hmm. up around. So again, I wouldn't, I understand like you're pregnant, you're broke. We're not just going to pick up and leave to a different state or city because your friend told you about it on a whim. But I don't understand why she won't even be, because even if you don't decide to move, that conversation is important. Like, okay, you're not feeling super welcomed or maybe you're not feeling like really comfortable here. How can we find ways to make that better? You know? Mm-hmm. Right. But her thing was like, we're in this situation. I do not feel comfortable moving away from my entire family. Like without even a second thought as to what her words indicated for Kobe. And that he moved away from his entire family. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. The second thing that I was going to ask you on was like, what did you think of her reaction to finding out that Kobe told Temperature about the pregnancy? Um, I don't know if I would be that upset about it. I guess I would maybe be upset if I was in her shoes and this guy's been going running his mouth for two days talking about my man's going to be the one that controls me and he runs the show and whatever I need to submit, then maybe I would be irritated that this is the dude that he told the information <laughs> that we're that we're keeping to ourselves because he's clearly loose cannon. So I don't know if he's going <laughs> to stand up at the toast and like be like, attention, everyone. Um, as Kobe is now an expecting father of two, we have decided that he's moved to it. Like, I don't know what he's going to say. So that might actually piss me off. If temperature was a normal level-headed friend, I, I don't know if I would be angry about that. Yeah, I don't think that she should have been as angry as she was. Like, not that she reacted in a terrible way, but just her reaction was a little bit dramatic. And to your point, if he doesn't tell temperature, who is he going to tell? The horse in the barn? Like, he's not talking to anybody. Um, though I did think it was funny that, you know, Kobe was like, I just can't hold this secret anymore. I need to relieve myself of the load I've been carrying. And I'm like, Kobe, that's what got you into the situation. Stop releasing your loads. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a transition, but I cannot. <laughs> okay, well, another load that was released is more so a truth load. Um, Thais finally came clean to her dad. Wow, what a two-week arc for these two. Because, yes, we got to see that Thais finally admitted to her dad that she came to America with the intention of marrying Patrick and that that is what she tries to do. The dad very opposed to it and it's just like leave come back let that man go like we are not about it I do not approve Thais fully questioning her relationship and jump to now we're going to go to Boston meet Patrick's family like this was a whirlwind it was a whirlwind um I'm going to focus a little bit on the the telling of the truth to the dad first did you notice that like you know so obviously she stalled a little bit so the dad knew something heavy was coming and she's like we're getting married this month did you notice that his face twitched? No, I didn't. But I know he looked genuinely shocked. Like that, he did not look like someone that like was going along with the storyline. He was like, "Wait, what? I thought you were there trying to scam that man for some money." I know. Well, his his face twitched, and maybe it wasn't a reaction to the news, but it was just funny. And then he like stayed there, and so. You know, he's not pleased, obviously. He's calling her out for just telling him now when she's been in the U.S. for two months and knew all along. And I agree with him. 
Um, and the dad is now worried that this is an indication that Patrick is deceptive, which I will point out, sir, that's rich coming from you who cheated on his own wife. Oh, oh wow. Bringing out old shit. Oh. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying. And also then we find out that the dad did know they were engaged. That was news to me. Um, so the dad did know they were engaged. And to that, I ask, then why are you surprised they're actually getting married? Yeah, see, that's what was so confusing to me where I'm like, where he was first, like, you know, clearly he was shocked, disapproving of like not knowing this information. Like, I get all of that because, yes, I would be mad as a parent if you've known for months that you went to the U.S. with the intention of marrying your boyfriend and you're just telling me now, like, yeah, I'm going to be annoyed and upset. But yes, when it said like, well, you know that we got engaged however long ago, then I'm like, sir, you need to come to grips with like, I don't know then. <laughs> It seems like you've had at least a year to come to terms with the fact that your daughter is in some way or another interested in this man, whether she's genuinely in love with him, whether it's for money or a visa. I don't know, but she clearly is into him in some way because she accepted an engagement. She is visiting him in the U.S. So, again, you should be calling her out for not telling you earlier, but it should not be shocking that she's going to get married. So this was all really weird to me. And yeah, I don't, I feel like his reasoning also was strange because I don't think like he's actually, I haven't heard him point anything very clear about like, I've seen Patrick treat you in these ways, or Patrick has shown these traits that I don't like or whatever, which could be again, valid. It's just been more like, why don't trust him? He's an American and you're Mm -hmm. going to be far away. And I'm like, those aren't really great reasons to oppose a wedding that you knew was eventually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and during the conversation, John joins Patrick in the garage to just like talk it out with him. And I'm actually glad John is there <laughs> for our entertainment purposes. But anyway, so the conversation ends with the dad and Thais goes and is like, you know, let me let me talk to you and give you a, a debrief. And it's at this point, Thais is like, well, since we're, you know, truth bombing people, here's some truth for you. My dad doesn't like you. He's never liked you. He <laughs> thinks you're not good for me. And he is compelling me to move back to Brazil. Oh, man. And again, I feel like this is another sign of a bad relationship. I've never been in a situation where I've been engaged with someone that my parents hate. But I think if you're at the point of getting married, obviously you wouldn't be like, hey, by the way, my dad thinks you're a piece of shit. But you might be like, you know what, maybe let's try to find ways for you to have more time with my dad because he still has reservations. You know, like Mm -hmm. you'd find a soft way to let your man know that your dad is concerned. It shouldn't be a surprise. Like earlier in the season, Patrick has told us like, yeah, we I get along with her dad. We've gone out. I've gotten him, you know, gifts or whatever. Clearly, he did not get that memo. (laughs) I know Patrick was over here talking about this is worst case scenario that hadn't even crossed my (laughs) mind. So what was the worst case scenario that did cross his mind? Like, did he think that at worst, the dad just wasn't going to send them a wedding gift? Like, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't Um, know what he was thinking, but. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then the producers tried to dupe us with the previews for this past week's episode, right? Because we knew the whole conversation happened. And then we see Thais on an airplane. I knew it was going to be a little trick of theirs. Um, her being on the airplane was her going to Massachusetts and she meets the mom and sister, like you said. Now, the sister clearly looks like uh, John, clearly. So they must have the same dad. The producers must have been like, well, if we're not going to get John, we're going to get the female John. I really, really 
have a lot of interest in Patrick's backstory and just like the dynamics of his family. And obviously, I don't want to make anyone talk about anything that makes them uncomfortable because mm. Patrick has already said, you know, that he had a very strained relationship with his mom growing up. We know John has like broken down and says like he's had issues. Yeah. yeah, the way we grew up. So uh, again, I don't want to bring up things that are going to traumatize people, but I am like very curious because I'm like, what is the strain with the mom? He Patrick mentioned he just recently started getting close with his sister. He wasn't close with her. What is the situation with John and why they're so protective of each other? It's very interesting. I hope they're okay. I'm mm. glad we got to meet the family. But were you, I mean, I'm glad that eventually the producer asked the sister what was going on. But when she opened that door with the black <laughs> oh eye, I was God. like, what in the world is <laughs> <What was> happening? <laughs> well, I honestly, uh, this is like the woman in me started searching the rest of her body for bruises because I'm thinking is she like in an abusive relationship so thank god it wasn't that and the producers asked more in a comical way like are you an MMA fighter um but no she busted her ass on the ice and then later I realized like the bottom of her lip on the same side was also a little bit swollen but to your point of like the backstory so we've picked up little pieces here and there his mom is a former addict of some sort I think she was an alcoholic and she mentioned on this episode that she got married four times. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to infer, you know, her having been an alcoholic at some point probably wasn't making the best romantic choices. And maybe one of the husbands just wasn't very nice or who knows, like maybe they went without food. Like it sounds like they didn't have a whole lot of income at some point either. Yeah, very sad. I mean, I'm glad yeah. that they're at a place where clearly they repaired things enough that like Patrick wants his future wife to like meet the mom to be cool with her it was just like a weird vibe all around because I was happy that the sister took Thais dress shopping to try to get her excited about the wedding but then she's also like suspicious of Thais yeah, it was a ruse <laughs> yeah but then like the way they were questioning her at dinner but then at the same time I think like I I was confused because it didn't seem like they were like trying to get to the bottom of whether she's like using Patrick for a visa or money. It was more like, do you genuinely want to get married? And are you mm -hmm. truly in love with Patrick? And well, maybe they didn't go about it the right way. I can respect wanting mm -hmm. to know that as a parent, especially if she seems like she, she doesn't seem that excited for the wedding. She can't mm -hmm. really vocalize what she loves about Patrick. It is mm -hmm. concerning. Yeah, absolutely. I think they were picking up on some instinct. And I agree, their delivery wasn't like the best. Um, and then they weren't necessarily taking away the right pieces or inferring the right pieces from what Thais was giving or not giving. But so the sister mentioned like the reason why she was so concerned, again, wasn't because of Thais's intentions, but because she doesn't want to see her brother go through divorce and heartache. And I'm going to pull out some old shit. Let's <laughs> not forget that he went through divorce because he also cheated. Wait, so maybe the dad does have a point. He's like, game, recognize game. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, like both big uh, monumental life-changing moments for Patrick, when he described them to us, it was like he was somehow had floated out of his body and was had no control over these situations because he's like, I was a competitive bodybuilder and almost qualified to go to the Olympics, but then somehow you know, I got disqualified for doping. And it's like, uh, you got disqualified for doping because you were doping. But <laughs> yes, that's how he right. described the end of the relationship too. Like not really taking tons of accountability. I tripped and landed on a woman. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
But also, so the sister and the mom decide, let's invite this third party of a woman, and she can also question Thais's ability and desires to stay in the U.S. a long time. Like, I just thought that was an interesting dynamic at dinner. Yeah, it was so strange. Again, like, I get what they're, like, I get their concerns, and it seems like it's coming from a real place of, like, trying to protect their son and brother. I don't like their approach. And if I was Thais and I'm like getting questioned with all these things, I'd be like, ma'am, you've been married for twice. Like, no offense, but clearly you haven't been able to make a marriage work. I'm not taking mm-hmm. advice from you. Uh, other ma'am over here, like, I don't know what's <laughs> going on with your side of the face, but clearly, like, maybe you aren't making the best choices because why are you on the ice like that if you don't know how to skate? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of questions. a little hard and to look at. <laughs> I'm not going to be interrogated by these two people. No. Um, well, let's move over to Bilal and Shada, where they're doing their own interrogations on, like, each other's intentions for the future. Um, you know, prenup is still hanging in the air, at least it was last week. And I'm so glad that Sh- Shida decided to consult her own lawyer about it, right, with that hard copy prenup. And Bilal yeah. apparently was also glad until he heard the lawyer's recommendations, <laughs> <laughs> which were like, you know, it's basically saying he's going to keep what's already established, but... Um, he's going to take like some of her yoga studio money because he's investing and the lawyer was like, that's not right. Like, this doesn't look out for you. Yeah. So where where's her protection, Bilal? I mean, I am so happy that Shida has her head on straight. She stuck to her guns. She went and sought professional help. Like, this is all good. And I'm glad that she's fighting to get things that she deserves. And yeah, I feel like no one is truly acknowledging the sacrifices that Shida has made in this relationship. I understand that he's fully supporting her at the moment. I understand that he's coming in with probably more money than her. And that all makes sense. Let's protect him. But let's also acknowledge if what we're hearing is true. And it's not like he said, he's Bilal's ever told us is not. If Shida had a thriving business, her own yoga studio, and she had to sell that to come and live with Bilal, then yes, like, are we compensating that? Like, what is the... Mm-hmm the transaction for like leaving a thriving business to come here with you. Like let's write something in so that you are protected. Totally agree. And his thought process was, I will also take money from your yoga studio here because I'm giving you money to start it as an investor. It's like, not everything has to be business. My dude, like, can't we see the money you give her as compensation for the yoga studio? She gave up if we're really going to be talking in these terms, but anyway, so that prenup lingers and, Shida decides we're a few days from the wedding. I still don't know what we're going to do. Decides to have a sit down with his mom for some honest guidance. And I got to say, man, the mom is wise beyond maybe not beyond her years because she's lived a life. But she's just like she was so wise and so warm and so diplomatic. And I am so glad that that is Shida's future mother-in-law. Okay, well, I'm glad you took that away from me. Okay. Well, I did feel that she like the way she spoke, it was very like welcoming. I did think she had like a good tone of voice. Like I I thought all of that was good. And I do feel like she wasn't like totally one-sided, but I also just felt like she was just like regurgitating stuff that I could get on like a fortune cookie or something like that. I don't feel like it was super concrete information of like, I know you're scared about the prenup. This is the motivation from Bilal, but you know, he also needs to make space and like adjust to you. I mean, I think the only like real piece of advice that I got was something that I had already learned from my big fat Greek wedding, which is let the man, the man is the head, 
but the woman is the neck and you can just turn that whatever way you want if you play things the right way. Like I already learned that from Big Fat Greek Wedding. So when you said things I could learn from a fortune cookie, in my mind, I was like, or a big fat Greek wedding. (laughs) But you know what? Whatever. Wherever her sage words came from, I think it worked because it got Shida. Shida, why do I keep doing that? Shida thinking differently about her approach to the relationship. And if it could do that, then I think his mom needs to have a conversation with him to get him to approach the, the relationship differently as well. Well, I think that's why I found the conversation actually kind of frustrating because mm-hmm. if Shida was an Emily or Ari type of woman who's trying to steamroll Bilal and then the mom's words were actually pretty wise words of like, you need to sometimes let him feel like he is leading and maybe the way you talk about things, maybe don't be so forceful about it so that it seems like more you're coming to an agreement. Like that would maybe make sense. But Shida has always approached Bilal in like a very diplomatic manner. It's not like she's like gone off and been like this crazy person. So all she Shida really did differently was she said, I spoke to your mom. She like really touched me. She like, you know, said some really wise things. And I feel like I, you know, I need to let you be the man and he, or be the head of the house or whatever it was. And he's like, well, you know, God is the leader of everything. <laughs> and then that was it. And then she, she was like, basically said the same thing she's been saying, which is like, I'll sign it, but I need my terms to be met. And he was like, okay. So I'm like, she didn't really do or say anything that different. Well, I don't know. I felt like a 180 for their relationship. Um, and I'm glad that Bill or not Bilal, but Shida was finally like enough with your bullshit when she was like, am I going to get my baby or not? And he was mm-hmm. like, we'll see. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like we're days away from the wedding. It's either a yes or a no Bilal. And I mean, he said yes, but it was very reluctant. So I, I feel like Bilal is the type of person to be like, well, I said yes, but the caveat was we need to make sure everything is perfect to bring a child into this world, which I absolutely agree with. I just think that. Bella will continue to pinpoint reasons that make their relationship not perfect and therefore not yet ready for a child. Yeah, that's why I think she needs a very stiff clause in that prenup that is like, if we have not actively tried to conceive or had a baby by X date, I am entitled to another, you know, percentage of the yoga studio or X amount of money to compensate my time that's been wasted because yeah, I, and I mean, she, honestly, she shouldn't even be marrying. If, she, if children are so important to her, she should not be mm-hmm. married to someone whose answer to the question about kids after being pressed is like, I guess, fine, we'll try. <laughs> like, wow, super excited to create life with you. <laughs> to be bound to you at least 18 years until a child grows up. Lord. Um, well, I I think they're going to make it down the aisle. We'll see. Who isn't? Everybody is. <laughs> I wish. I wish it wasn't the case sometimes with some of these people. But OK, so a couple. No, one more thing. Sorry. One more thing. There have been a couple of mentions of Bilal having been hurt in his past. Did his ex-wife cheat on him or something? I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine because they seem so cool right now. And if he's letting yeah. her come over and like try to, you know, strong arm Shida or give her advice or whatever. I don't think so. I think that he just got divorced. To me, it sounds like Mm. the relationship just didn't work. And then he's been hurt. Mm. Well, let's move on to a couple that I think shouldn't get married. Absolutely should not. But apparently I think they're going to Um, even Muhammad. So they have they've had a couple of fights, right? Like my first note is here. They talked out their fight, but I can't remember which one. They've had so many. 
Um, but they also like never really talk about what's happening in their relationship. It's more so if the conversation starts, it doesn't get anywhere. They both have very opposing views culturally. And it seems like neither one of them is really willing to go to the extent the other one wants. Okay. Right now, one of the contention points for these past two episodes was the fact that Muhammad ceremony. Yeah, the fire ceremony. <laughs> but it was the fact that Muhammad doesn't get along with or doesn't like her friends, which I, I think is fair given how they approached him. But it also seems like, Eve, you might be putting more energy into mending this relationship with Muhammad and your friends when you should be focusing on figuring out your own like relationship and your views that differ in terms of like life goals and beliefs. But silly me, let, let me not bore you. Yeah, no, instead she's more focused that he wasn't like entranced and super involved in the fire ceremony. It's like, girl, that is the least of your worries right now. Right. And she had even like begged him to agree to meet up with the friends and be nice. And I'm thinking like, is she asking her friends to be nice? But the other question that came up was, did she explain to Muhammad what the, what the fire ceremony was going to be like and what it meant? Or was she just like, my friends are coming over and you're going to watch us do this ritual? I mean, even if she did, though, I don't think it would have made a difference. Muhammad is like very, very kind of stuck in his ways. I don't think he is going to see a lot of value in something that isn't grounded. I don't know if he feels like the spirituality is like a real religion the Mm -hmm. way that his. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he would respect any of the stuff that Eve does because it's not rooted in something like the Muslim faith. Right. Because his point, like one of the comments that he made was, um, you know, why are we speaking to the sky when we should be speaking to God? So like it's not even so much that he didn't see a a deity, if you will, in this fire ceremony, but like it has to specifically be the God that he believes in. Exactly. So I don't close minded. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we already knew that. Yeah. But it's just it's interesting, right? He's like shoving his relationship into a box that doesn't fit because it has to fit within um i don't want to say the limitations because limitations is not the right word but like within the the confines of the muslim faith but like it's just not it's not going to work my dude like she believes in fire ceremonies but also just don't get engaged and date someone who's spiritual if you actually want someone who's gonna be following the muslim faith that that just doesn't make sense moment that I thought was so funny was uh, the friends and him after the fire ceremony like talk head on and um, Dati was like yeah I you know I thought you didn't like us and he was like yeah (laughs) Yeah, you thought right (laughs) yeah yeah. I'm sorry is there more (laughs) is that a question (laughs) I thought it was pretty clear with my distaste for you but I guess it wasn't but at least at this point he was head on. He's like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like you guys. I felt judged. Why can't he be this open and receptive with Eve? Uh, I mean, I actually feel that Muhammad is pretty open. I don't think he's uh, been withholding his feelings. If anything, he's too open with how he feels, but he's not open to how she feels. Well, that is until he talks to his mom. So he does call his mom for guidance. And I think he was expecting her to be like, she has to be a Muslim woman. You know, if not, get your butt back here. But she was flat out like, well, you're a grumpy person. And (laughs) we cannot impose our ways on Eve because she lives in a different culture. And he was like, wow, that's mind blowing. (laughs) 
I mean, Muhammad felt the way we all thought. I did not see that coming up on my 90-day bingo card. I really thought just because he's so headstrong that, yeah. And a mama's boy. (laughs) Yeah, and a mama's boy that, like, he must have gotten it from her. But silly Mm -hmm. me and silly us to make those assumptions because she came over here with the wisest words. Like, forget Bilal's Mm -hmm. mom. She was like, you come from different cultures. She has a different religion. You cannot impose your beliefs a religion on someone else she's you're with her because she's a good caring woman so Mm -hmm. that's what you need to focus on and you need to not be so grumpy and be able to find common ground and like compromise and I was like wow amazing (laughs) that was his own version of a fire ceremony because he was able to let go of stuff and that flipped it around he decided to propose to her again as a romantic gesture with a lot of fire around him. So I guess he like asked the restaurant to bring <laughs> all seven heat lamps for yeah. their like 10 square foot space. I could I was just like trying to imagine if there was like people seated on the opposite side of the restaurant just shivering like where are the fucking heat lamps? Or like how are they not sweating at this point? But <laughs> It was a romantic gesture on behalf of Muhammad's part, and Eve gobbled it up. I rolled my eyes because I just I don't think these two should get married. Absolutely not. But then again, I feel like, do we think any of these people this season should get married? I mean, okay, I'm not so sure that Biniyama, Oh my God, Bini, um, Bini and Ariella should get married. Um, but according to the preview for next week, they make it to the altar. Um, we only got them for one week these past two. She basically lets us know via confessional uh, several times that she's not sure about her relationship with Benny. But I don't think that I've I can't really remember her actually discussing these concerns with him. But they must have because Benny says at one point in, one, in the episode that he knows that Ari doesn't know if they want if they should get married. So he was I think That's it was true. when he was sewing and he's like, well, I'm making these outfits. But I don't know if, like, we're actually going to go through with this. Which, again, I call bullshit. This is just them drumming shit up for the show. Because it's like, Ari, I'm expected to believe that you're really fully questioning this relationship. After you've been with this man for a few years, had his baby, paid for the visa, did the process, moved him over. And now you're like, I don't know if I should get... Girl, stop it. I'm not buying it. I think it's all BS. I'd rather focus on the fact that... Binium is a man of so many talents, like mm. incredible, you know, between dancing, MMA, being a rapper or, or musician, uh, booty bongoing, seamstress. <laughs> like, what can this man not do? Mm, that's true. Child caretaker, because apparently he's able to like he has a great relationship with their little baby boy with Avi. Um, so you're calling bullshit. And there's a part of me that's like, but girl, they had a baby. Like, of course, Ariella's going to go through with this. But you made me realize something just now. Ariella, Ariella's personality type is the one that like will not be held down. So if she had it her way, she would just start up anew. Well, I think she would start up new with her ex-husband, Leandro, um, you know, and just live their little life with Avi. Leandro ain't putting up with her ass. He's <laughs> oh, he, he's doing a lot. And honestly, I, I thought that her emotions were genuine when she was nearly crying on the phone with with Leandro because he can't come to the wedding. I think to me and obviously I could be wrong. She could have intense feelings for Leandro. To me, this reads more like guilt. You know, like this a lot of this friendship, I feel like is a crutch 
for them because they're trying to be like not face the fact that she like imploded their relationship so it's like we're still friends look I want you there to support and be part of this big chapter of my life it's a girl move on you broke the man's heart he needs to move on you need to move on I don't buy this friendship that's true Leandra was saddled with heartbreak and student debt when she took off um well anyway let's move on to uh Kara and Guillermo girl how are we already at wedding day like this these 90 days I know it's not really 90 days but like these 90 days this season just felt like it flew by to me it's probably because we've been doing two episodes uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god well before we even get to the the wedding itself, Guillermo talks to his mom, you know, because it's free wedding time. He's still a little bit concerned, gets on a little FaceTime with his mom or video call and tells his mom about this magical conversation that he had with his hairstylist slash therapist supreme, Kizzy. So she got yet another um, shout out and sage words from Mama Guillermo about you all need to communicate and, and compromise better. Yeah, I mean, again, this is where I feel like this is bullshit on everybody's part. Not that people can't have pre-wedding jitters, especially Let when you Let me live have... in the moment, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, and I understand that when you have to make a choice to marry someone in 90 days, like, there's going to be extra pressure and hesitation. But I just feel like, did the producers sit every couple down and be like, all right, no one is going to be sure going into this wedding. I need you to constantly state the fact that you don't know if it's going to happen. Like, Thais doesn't know she's doing it. Ari doesn't know she's doing it. Uh, Kara doesn't know she's like, nobody knows. Fine. But yeah, I am pleased that the mom came in, gave Guillermo some comfort. While I do feel like this couple has a lot of things to work on, this is one of the few that there seems to be, you know, moments of genuine attraction and care. Mm -hmm. So of all of them, I was like, okay, I could be happy for this wedding. See, and the one part that I didn't think was bullshit was when Kara was recapping the conversation that she and Guillermo had with her friends and like misrepresenting it um, as though Guillermo gave her like an ultimatum, like either you change or I don't show up. Because I just feel like that's Kara's MO. Yeah. And again, we talked about this last week. That is not what Guillermo did. He was just kind of trying to say that they need to like work on certain things. But clearly it didn't matter because they did end up getting married I want your thoughts on the dress, Kara's hair, Guillermo's look, the back room in the beer garden, <laughs> the family on the iPad, all of it. Yeah, and Cheeky's not being invited. That poor dog was racing down the stairs with Kara. Like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where, where are we going? Cheeky's and Kizzy. I'm like two pivotal people in Guillermo's well, dog life. And people. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I. It was sad that Guillermo's family couldn't physically be there because I know that was the vision he had for his family. But my thought was I thought it was super sweet that so many of them were on a video call to watch the the ceremony um, and even some of the reception. And I don't know if you saw his mom was like in tears and I got yeah. emotional. Um, the fact that there were flowers there for his brother to feel like he's there, that had me in tears. But as far as like looks go... Oh, sorry. One other thing that nearly had me in tears was Kara's mom talking about having flashbacks throughout Kara's childhood. Um, you know, she sees her in this dress and I'm like, don't do this to me today, Lord, because I already <laughs> cried. I dropped off my daughter at a new school for pre-K. <laughs> like, I you're going to blink your eyes and you're going to be at her wedding. <laughs> Please don't make me cry. Like, I, I did cry as I dropped off my daughter yesterday. But um, anyway, 
as far as looks go. So I thought that Kara pulled off like it was I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it was a 1950s pinup look because that like satin dress really hugged her curves. And then she had like a lot of um, kind of pinup curl volume in her hair. I thought that she looked really beautiful. Her hair, though, had just a little too much volume for me. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. I thought the dress looked great on her. I mean, overall, she's obviously a very pretty girl, very beautiful. So overall, I thought she looked great. But for my personal taste, I would have maybe just lightened. But I didn't need all that volume. You know, we could have yeah. taken the curlers out a little sooner. But again, that's a nitpick. She still looked yes. great. And if that Incredible. was her vision, she definitely achieved it because it looked mm-hmm. good. Guillermo looked super handsome. And the only thing that yes. made me sad is him getting ready by himself while we're with Chiki's in the room. That did hurt my heart. I know. That was so sad. Um, I thought that he did look good. Like um, his suit was like a like a blue, like a almost a charcoalish gray blue. Um, he wore some like dark red suspenders and it actually it all looked really good. His hair looked nice and slicked down. So another shout out to Kizzy <laughs> for cutting it. Um, and you know what? So when she mentioned that like their wedding was going to take place at a back room of like a beer garden, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to judge. Honestly, the venue looked beautiful other than all the sound coming in from the patrons in the main room. Like I thought it was a nice wedding. I mean, listen, she said she put that shit together in, like, what, two, three, three weeks? weeks? So yes. you that looked good to me for a three-week uh, situation on a low budget. Like, it looked mm-hmm. nice. And, yeah, like you said, the only thing that would kill the vibe, but, but that's just for a few minutes when you're walking in, is you have to go past, like, you saw all the people <laughs> in, like, T-shirts and shorts just enjoying their Tommy beer. Tommy Bahama shirts. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, you know, like a lot of beer garden patrons that are like, yeah. wow, these people are dressed up. But other than that, it was very nice. Yeah. yeah and I hope they picked up her dress because, you know, a lot of alcohol gets spilled on the floor. But anyway, um, Guillermo's reaction to seeing her at the end of the aisle. Oh, oh God, it got me all teary eyed. I know. I didn't expect to get emotional for these two, mainly Kara. I actually care yeah. more about Guillermo at this point. But. I think with the combination of his family not being able to be there, but being emotional, the flowers for the brother, um, Kara's mom being emotional, like seeing her daughter do her vows and walking down the aisle. And then, yeah, his reaction, like genuine, you could see that's genuine love. Like he was like, wow, my future wife is beautiful. Like I'm going to marry this girl. Mm-hmm. You could sense like that real emotion from both of them. And yeah, that, that was really nice to see. Mm. And his and him being embraced by like her family because, um, you know, the uncle who was like the P.I., retired P.I., was like <laughs> hugged him very dearly, not like a, you know, hurt her and I break you kind of hug, but like helped him also with pinning the flower, which I forgot what it's called now, boutonniere, I think. And then when Guillermo got done reading his vows in English, like he messed up just a little bit. He said a chive instead of achieve, which Kara <laughs> corrected kind of annoyingly. But then at that point, the mom like started clapping like, yeah, Guillermo, you know, because they know English isn't his first language. So I loved that. Yeah, all very sweet, yeah. even though originally Kara was like trying to constantly get her uncle to physically threaten <laughs> violence against Guillermo. <laughs> Even after that first meeting, they're like, we like this guy. So I'm glad that he has been welcomed into the family, despite Kara's uh, intentions. And yeah, I, I, the only thing missing, I think, was Cheeky's Kissy, oh. and uh, her ex-man. I think that would have really rounded out the reception. He was the DJ. <laughs> but he was the performer. 
Yeah, and then they closed off with a Estamos Casados in Spanish. That was cute. It was cute watching them dance. So I was like, okay, Guillermo. And Carol is keeping up too. So, yes. You can definitely see they have like sexual chemistry, which at the end, by the end, when they were like, we're off, I was like, I'm uncomfortable now. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, and we are on the Emily and Kobe plan starting now. (laughs) Here we come, shower floor. (laughs) Well, um, here we come, Joshua Tree National Forest and no real plans for the future. Uh, Welcome to Brie and Miona. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> this was hilarious. what a what a turn of events because <laughs> was it though? <laughs> I mean, I can't tell if Jabri's parents are being good parents because they know that Jabri is they know their son and they know he needs an extra push and boundaries, or if they're just being hard headed because it did seem very abrupt that they were like, "All right, let's talk about your moving out." But then again, they did say that that is what they had agreed upon at the beginning. So I can't tell if like they're being spiteful because they're mad that they're doing an away wedding. Like I don't get it. Right. It seems kind of petty. I guess, okay, thank you. I was I was thinking to myself like this does it feels like retaliation on the parents and like I guess I see where they're coming from to the extent that like they need to push their son. But these are some high stakes. Like this is his wedding. And also, I don't appreciate Jabri's reaction when the parents were just like, in general, you know, when are you going to to move out? You said you're moving out after the wedding. And I think, honestly, they would have held true to that, which I don't agree with as a parent myself. But he was like, you want me out now, mom? Fine, I'll get my stuff now. <laughs> and meanwhile, I was over here feeling really awkward and bad. But Miona just like holding back a grin like, yes. <laughs> Like the Grinch. <laughs> California, here we come. <laughs> and she was real slick because it ended and she was like, she's just like, let me get myself together. Puts, gets up. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to bed now. Almost like she was distraught or, you know, trying not to cause a scene. But on the inside, she was like, fuck yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> bye bye, Rapid City. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. She was like, she loves how things turn out. She's happy they're out of the house. Um, and again, like, uh, it did seem abrupt. It seemed kind of spiteful. But maybe they know their son and they're like, we've talked about this. We actually know his finances. And if he can afford various, various copious matching amounts, jackets. matching jackets and coats and shirts with Miona, then he can afford rent. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But the one thing I disagree with is they seem hell bent on not going on this wedding. Right. And it just seems ridiculous to me because they're making it seem like it's an Istanbul or something like I know y'all can't fly a few hours like it's not that long of a trip and they keep talking about like Jabri's impulsive his impulsivity and we're gonna miss out on this wedding as a consequence of his impulsivity I'm like but y'all knew that he had to get married in 90 days so like couldn't you have just like planned a few days off in general or like warned your bosses or cleared your calendars knowing that at some point towards the end of the 90 days, your son was going to get married. It just, it feels like they made absolutely no effort. And I think honestly, it's, I think it's because they were holding off on hope that either um, they would come around to not getting married or they would postpone the wedding altogether. Yeah, again, it feels spiteful and it feels like a tactic. Like if we don't show up, then Jabri will realize he's making a mistake and won't go through with it. And I just think that's really sad. I don't like the way they're playing things. And I I don't have confidence in Miona as a therapist at this point. 
Miona, Mahala. Mahala, sorry. Yeah, I was like Miona. She's Miona might Miona might be excellent. She just yeah, she might be quiet, listens, takes it yeah. all in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so this this episode ended with like it's moving day basically. You see them get all their shit. They load it up in a car. Um, and also, whose car is that? Like, whose car are they driving off in? Because he had to borrow the dad's truck to pick up Miona from the airport. But I digress. Um, so they're taking all their shit and. He lets us know in the confessional that they're going to drive to Joshua Tree to a rental home that will be their wedding venue and also where they're going to live indefinitely. And I'm like, this plan feels like it has some holes. Definitely has some holes. And again, I'm like, why Joshua Tree? I know that's your wedding destination because she can't have a beach wedding. So now she's going to have a desert wedding. But now you're just going to stay in Joshua Tree? It just seems, again, very odd. Like, who do you know in Joshua Tree? Is there hmm. a reason? Are there jobs? Like, is, it that is there much money for a yeah. rental? Uh, who knows? Who and knows? whose car is that? Like, whose car are they driving <laughs> off in? And it's, I mean, cash. a space cash. Is, and then I, I also, I, like, had to do a Google map search of Rapid City to Joshua Tree. It's, like, 19 hours. The mom and me is like, they're leaving at night. It's so dangerous. And I'm like, maybe he is impulsive. Maybe he was like, we're leaving tonight instead of tomorrow morning with a real plan. Well, he was impulsive because they were like, we just want to set up a time. Like, again, even though I felt it was like kind of shady and like not done the right way. They didn't say we want you to leave tonight. They said, we just want to talk about the time. He's like, what? You want to kick me? I'm going. Miona, grab your magic jacket. (laughs) Well, they're off. Um, And so I wonder if the cameras are going to follow them along on this 19 hour road trip or if we're just going to pick back up in Joshua Tree. And I do. I have seen pictures of a wedding already back up in Joshua Tree. What? I didn't see that in this episode. Uh, In the last episode, we saw that they're getting breakfast at a cafe in Joshua Tree. (laughs) And already Miona is like, I like it here so much better. The people are very different than from where Jabri's from. And the big concern is that it's raining a lot. And so she's like, who would have thought you had to contend with rain in the desert? Um, well, I mean, the, the animals do need some water. Uh, I think they're also, they're not close, but they're not that far from the beach. Like L.A. or Santa Monica, I guess, which is the beach, is mm, like three hours maybe from Joshua Tree. So maybe at some point she'll somehow finagle taking their venue from Joshua Tree to the beach. I don't know. At that cafe, sounded like the wedding was the very next day or something. So. Oh, okay. I sure did not get that <laughs> when I watched it this week. I don't know what you were watching, but yes, mm-hmm. this is where we're at. Mm-hmm. Well, where are you at with appreciation ring? My appreciation ring is going to go to Patrick's sister for agreeing to record and be filmed even with half of her face smashed up because it was the talk of the internet. People had theories. Some people believe the ice story, some don't. I thought it was very brave. I was like, wow, she's really coming on here. And I would think if I was, I'm sure she had already given him a warning, but I assume like the first thing I'd be like, what happened to your face? Like we had to wait a few minutes to have it addressed. So shout out to her. <laughs> um. I don't know who gets my appreciation ring. It was two weeks wrapped into one. And as you were giving yours, I was desperately trying to think of mine. Um, Let's give it to Cheekies because poor thing was not invited to the wedding. And now her parents are going to come home. She's going to be super excited to see them. And they're going to be like, not now, Cheekies. We got a baby to make or at least to practice on. (laughs) 
lots of practice if mm-hmm. it's up to Guillermo. Well, on that note, thanks all for tuning in another week. Um, we promise we'll try to give you weekly material, not bi-weekly, but like I said, we've been busy. We've been busy. Um, be sure to give us five stars on the podcast app and a glowing review. And don't mention this whole debacle if possible. Um, and follow me on Instagram at Board and Bitchy. That's Board, Letter, and Bitchy. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Both and bitchy. Bitch. Oh. Bitchy. Bitchy. Sorry. <laughs> Board and Bitchy. <laughs>